0: Hello all and welcome to a very special episode of the Comics Pals, a little bit different in terms of format. Uh, This time around, we have joining us uh, Nathan Fox. Hey there, how's it going?
1: All right, thanks for having me. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A pleasure. For those of you who don't know, Nathan is an artist and educator. He uh, has drawn for a, a number of different comics, including Pigeons from Hell, Dark Rain, Dogs of War... Uh, The Weatherman, which we'll be touching upon. Uh, He's also done a bunch of cover work for Newsweek, Village Voice, Entertainment Weekly, The Washington Post, Uh, and he is the chair for the MFA Visual Narrative Department at SVA, the School of Visual Arts here in New York City. Uh, A lot under your belt, so kudos to that. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And uh, before we jump in, I do just want to remind everybody who is listening, uh, we drop new episodes of our regular show every Monday. Um, you can check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, we're more than likely there. And if you're not, shoot me an email, come yell at me, because uh, I'm the one who hooks us up. Um, and you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, wherever your social media is sold, we are there. Don't have a TikTok yet, but we'll figure that out. Now, Nathan, uh, we have a little tradition of just sort of starting off Um Telling us about your comic book origin and and specifically where it is that you sort of found your love for the medium.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, I didn't I didn't really come to comics from a, a traditional superhero big two standpoint. I guess it was mostly mostly libraries and and newspapers. I mean, I the Sunday funnies were always my favorite because I. You know, everybody kind of wants to enjoy the cartoons as much as they can. I mean, I I was lucky enough, uh, or cursed enough, to grow up <laughs> uh, in the in the eighties and nineties. Uh, so aging myself a little bit, uh, and you know, Saturday morning cartoons were amazing. Uh, you know, after after school stuff. I mean, it was just it was just really it was a really great popular culture time. I mean, i I'm of the generation that saw. You know, MTV, Adobe, Mac, uh, you know, all of those things take flight. And, uh, you know, Saturday morning cartoons were were something else. Uh, And then that was fantastically followed up with the WWF and and Kung Fu.
0: (laughs) Nice. Uh, Yeah, yeah, but
1: growing up in Houston, I mean, I didn't have many friends that really read comics, I guess. But uh, I always had a a bit of an issue with with literacy and reading and, and kind of found my way to... Calvin and Hobbes and Garfield when I was young, and it was it was really there that I, I kind of got the bug and you know peanuts and uh, Flash Gordon a little bit of Spider Man, uh, but you know mostly mostly just Sunday funnies and and those collected books you know as a kid in book fairs, um, you know really kind of struggling with with learning to read and, and that was kind of my entry point aside from kind of the popular culture and then uh, you know of the of the cartoons on TV and then really growing up in the age of, of Atari, Sega Genesis, and Nintendo. Like, everything was kind of all, all happening at once. And, um, you know, it was, it was always there, but it was never really a, a, huge, a huge passion to follow. It was, you know, most, most of my friends, obviously enough back in the day, were into baseball cards, Boy Scouts, and uh, D&D, which you think, of all things, would have led me to a comic, a comic shop. But I didn't even know they existed until I got to college and, and actually went to one for the first time. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of came to art and comics seriously much later in my youth, you know, uh, end of high school, uh, into college, which really was my education formally into, into the medium. Uh, I, was, I was lucky enough to go to um, the Kansas City Art Institute and then be in a class with Jim Moffood and Mike Huddleston uh paul chatham and paul briggs and and uh you know quite a few other people but you know in terms of comics uh and those and those guys in particular you know their bookshelves and recommendations were my education and entry point into comics formally the only other previous time i had uh any kind of connection to comics was during a hurricane when we kind of got trapped in laporte outside of galveston and uh they used to, you know, back in the day when dinosaurs were on the earth, they used to sell comics in in, uh, in double and quadruple bags uh, in uh, in dime stores and corner stores. Uh,
0: yeah, I, th- I think I've gotten, like, w- I think TJ Maxx at some point started doing some of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Walmart used to sell it in the grocery stores. Uh, but we got, we, got tra- we got trapped and the, the storm was there and we had to go for supplies because the electricity always went out in the bay house we stayed at. And uh, so ran in real quick, and just you know, my my dad went to grab a ton of stuff. My sister went to grab snacks, and and I I was grabbing the sodas. And next next to all that stuff were you know was a, a rack full of all these comics. I didn't even see what I grabbed. I just grabbed it and a bunch of other magazines that you know my mom probably wanted or something. And we ran out of there and, and got back before the storm got really bad. And um, you know, uh, cracking it open, uh, you know, under uh, under a blanket uh, with a flashlight, I realized I, I probably had a Spider-Man, I think, uh, and uh, a Bushi uh Conan, uh, and I, oh. I forget the number, but I still I still have the comic. Uh, but I, I immediately fl- uh, cracked open the Spider-Man to see what all the hubbub was about, and and you know it just it just wasn't my bag. I don't know why. Uh, but, uh, I was, I must've been an art snob back then. Uh, but, uh, you know, I immediately threw that over to my sister and cracked open the Conan and I just, I couldn't stop looking at it. I couldn't stop reading it. There was something about it that, that was not, that was not the other. And that was, that was, that was probably the one and only time I remember actually cracking open a, a true comic, uh, as a kid, um, you know, outside, outside of those collected, uh, collected books of Calvin and Hobbes and Garfield. Uh, but that, that comic always stayed with me, and especially that uh, there was uh, obviously some, some princess or damsel in distress. Uh, that Conan had to go save and fight through all these things, and he had to go slay a, mo- uh, a huge worm with a jewel for an eye and grab the jewel and, and the girl. And, uh, of, cor- of course, he, he totally succeeded uh, before being terribly eaten and torn to shreds. Um, but, uh, you know, for, there was something about it that was just like fantastical, but accessible, you know, I, I, you know, I guess growing up the way, when I did at the time that I did, um, you know, heroes weren't really tangible for me, I guess. Um, you know, I was definitely like that chubby, passive, aggressive, um, you know, shy, uh, unconfident, you know, chubby kid that got bullied all the time. And, you know, I guess, I guess the, you know, Spider-Man just didn't seem like he was really somebody that I could identify with, but for some reason, some guy kicking the shit out of a worm with a jewel in it, saving a a woman, um, you know, or, or a damsel in distress, I guess, you know, somehow seemed a little more real and, and, you know, I could connect with it. Uh, you know, and, and I guess I equated it along the lines of, you know, all the entertainment and, and other stuff that I had been watching. I mean, I, I grew up watching, you know, x-men cartoons and all that stuff later when they started coming out um but you know i i don't know i don't know what it was but that that one that one conan always stuck with me that that and that and calvin
0: those are i mean those are excellent choices uh for me it was it was also similar similar to you i i uh i i got into comics late like later later on in life so Mm. a lot of some of the uh the heroics and the you know, the, the iconography was sort of lost on me. Yeah. Um, so I I definitely sympathize with that. And, and I mean, dude, Jim, Jim a food with, uh, uh, what does he do? Uh, girl, girl scouts, right? Oh yeah. Girl scouts. Yeah. It was pretty amazing.
1: We've, I got to see the inception of that and and all of, uh, Mike and Jim's, uh, artwork. Yeah. They used, uh, we were roommates for a while. And uh, it was really cool to see them kind of tag team. They were they were kind of a, a comics duo to start out with, where Mike was on pencils and Jim was on inks. Uh, oh, it was wow. really amazing to stand over their shoulders and kind of see them, you know, uh, you know, at it late at night. Uh, you know, throughout throughout the day in their projects. Uh, Jim even. Uh, ended up well in an independent study because Girl Scouts took off so fast that uh, you know he he found a way to turn it into a project. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Jim Jim was all business from the get go. Like Jim Jim doesn't mess around. He was he was a a really really amazing guy. Great inspiration. Good good friend. Uh, same same with same with Mike and all those other guys. It, you know, it was just it was just really cool to to kind of see and learn a lot about the industry and the art form. Uh, and inevitably the language, which I really didn't realize I was kind of absorbing at the time, because I never thought I could do it. I mean, these guys were pulling so many crazy things out of their head, uh, you know, and, and I needed reference. You know, I was, uh, you know, I came late to the entire game um, and across the board and a lot of things. You know, I, I, I barely got into, into art school when I, when I did, how I did, but I, I took to it like a fish to water. Uh, and then you know easily it was one of those one of those students that you know slept on the tables because I was working up all night because I didn't want to miss the class uh, and if I, you know, if the room was locked i would I would find a way to get into the room to get on the table so that I had to be woken up um, but yeah it's, it was it was just a really cool time and a, a really amazing discovery um, that inevitably led me to you know more storytelling illustration and and uh, you know multimedia stuff down the road later on.
0: Yeah, and I mean, to, to think that that's, you know, whose who's shoulders you were looking over, that that's an incredible education. Like, not only is it, is it hands-on, but from sort of more indie, underground, like abstract creations to sort of, uh, and, and I, I mean, it makes sense. Like, if anything, jumping into to Weatherman, like, it, it definitely makes sense to sort of uh, dynamics you can really see in your art. Um, oh, cool. That, that was that was one of the things that like for, for me was uh the most like calling um i had uh the free, free listeners out there if you guys want to listen to um you know m- my initial thoughts on um on on weatherman before sort of reading reading the rest of the story uh, episode 85 uh is a great way to sort of just like just from the art alone it sort of pulled me in uh, one of the reasons i wanted to reach out um but w- what is it i guess in terms of those action sequences that do have that dynamic feel and that sort of fluidity. Um, I would love to, to understand how you sort of approach those sort of scenes, especially with the weatherman being such a, one of those more action packed books. Um, and then we can, you know, get into a little bit more about the uh, weatherman in general.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Um, well, I mean, the, uh, I guess some of, some of those dynamics and, and that motion, I guess kind of comes is, is connected and comes back to probably back at, You know all the way back to those school days i initially went to school for animation and got a good year and a half or so or more of that before i kind of jumped ship and went more towards print you know illustration but everything outside of illustration and trying to trying to cram it in um but really getting an appreciation especially from all the influences that i had um as well as uh you know a, a really solid introduction into um, kind of the the mechanics and and physics of how things work, work, uh, basically, uh, and, and really trying to find a way to, to bring that into my art in one way, shape or form. And a lot of, uh, I've been been thinking about this a lot, actually, um, lately for some reason, but, uh, uh, kind of growing up in suburbia back in the day in those times, like uh, there was a lot of stuff that was really regimented and very, um, scheduled and kind of controlled and, and orderly and there were specific ways to do things and you know you you, you had your friends and the, there was a you know a specific culture or area or you know not, not really prescribed nature but everything was kind of kind of kind of had its way of doing things right like it, it kind of was its own culture and and all I wanted to do was break out of that uh, and when it came to when it came to working uh, on my stuff it was really it was really an, an interest in trying to control chaos because it's kind of how it felt coming from there, trying to break out and kind of find my own footing and my own way, you know, it, and also too, you know, working, working there in that undergrad with all of those guys and, and even too in, in, in grad school and the the years following, you know, seeing all these people do things in the style and the way that they did. And i you know, my mind is going 90 miles a minute trying to capture all of these things and show all these things from the, you know, the influences that I have. And, and comics as a language, it's really not about, it's really not about motion. Uh, it's not about capturing live action. You know, there's so many, there's only so many things you can do in comics that, you know, that could come from film and only so many, so many things that work within, you know, either medium. So the the notion of storytelling and in showing rather than telling kind of kind of ended up becoming a love that I started doing in illustration before I really kind of took that leap into comics. So trying to trying to capture that dynamism and and really bring the page to life. Uh I guess I err the story to life. I I really wanted to kind of uh or always have tried to aspire to, you know, kind of control that chaos and bring those characters to what, to the places and beats and, and story points and, and actions and scenes and motivations from panel to panel, you know, page to page that would, would really engage an audience and, and kind of leave that, that memory or that, that feeling or energy that, that I was feeling in my imagination, you know, I was really trying to bring that out and find a way to capture that on the page. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I, I've been I've been waiting a long time and working a long time to try to get to a point where um, I could tell a story like this and and feel really good about it and feel like I'm contributing something. Uh, and that was one thing when Jody and I started working that we we luckily had a lot of time to talk about when we were approaching the the weatherman and kind of getting into it. And that that aspect of it, we we really wanted it to kind of have that that full meal comics, uh, you know essence to it for, for an audience and readers, you know, this was, this was our opportunity to tell the story that we, you know, we have a reason for telling and, and then it, it, you know, isn't just another property to try and try and sell some, you know, somewhere else or do something else with it. We're really, you know, it was, it was a story that we really, really feel strongly about and, and really felt like we, we needed to tell. Uh, so it was really, you know, it became really important to get it right. Uh, and, you know, for anybody who's reading the weather, man, there is, at least for us, we knew that there was, a, and is, and, and will continue to be, a lot that is our responsibility as as, as storytellers and and within the craft that that needs needs to be set up uh, from issue to issue uh, that has story, purpose, meaning, uh, and and energy that is meant to pay off as you get to know. Uh, identify and ultimately in your imagination, hopefully kind of become those characters as you're reading them, that when, when those flips, when those switches need to be flipped, uh, there's enough work and, and kind of energy and emotion in the story that, that when we do that, you know, it, it has some serious impact.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely like the way you, you said, uh, you know, control the chaos. Cause I feel like, um, the weatherman is very much sort of that it's like this uh sort of chaotic uh story but the way you guys sort of drive drive that narrative um and and you mentioned um you know being able to sort of see the actual characters and and the way that they sort of express and uh and how that translates to the story Mm -hmm. um one one of the things just like in 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 reading it um the first arc you know um nathan nathan bright being the 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 protagonist of the story, uh, a weatherman, he, uh, you know, he's very energetic. He's excited. He has, you know, a more, I guess, positive outlook overall, right? And that second arc, you can definitely see him uh, start to, you know, go down the dumps. He sort of, uh, a couple of relevations have uh, have come through through the story. Um, and so, you can kind of see that. That change, even even in his body positioning, and and, and that's something to to your point. It, you know, it really helps define those characters, define the story, and then just overall provide and, and drive that uh the the narrative you guys are trying to put down.
1: Oh, that's cool. That's it's it's glad to hear that. It's good to hear that. That's that stuff's coming through. We're, we're definitely definitely working hard to try and try and get that to to shine in one way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah. And, and one of the other things that you guys try to do is, is, uh, you, you like to put a lot of, uh, of humor into the book, which I really appreciate. Uh, you know, it's, it, it is a sci-fi romp. Uh, it is, you know, there are a lot of serious tones, a lot of violence, but it's always good when you get to like a nice little, either visual gag or, um, I think, uh, the, I, I just finished reading, uh, issue four of the second volume. And, uh, there's a scene with like all these bullet holes and like <laughs> that, that got me, like, Excellent stuff.
1: Oh, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Jody's a fantastic writer, uh, and you know, I, regardless of the fact that I shot him down s- consecutively when he picked this thing to me, uh, you know, I once I once I finally acquiesced and, and actually started reading rather than just assuming, because um, you know what happens when you assume uh, <laughs> that you know there was so much that we had in common. Uh, or we we discovered later on that we you know quickly had in common, uh, and uh, he's it's there's just so much heart and time uh, and voice uh, in in those characters they they really come to life in the scripts, uh, and I can see where he's going and and he knows where to kind of take me, and it's it's really a, a fantastic conversation in story that i I think we've, we've, we've discovered between us, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what's happening on the page, but at least in the collaboration, it, that's what it feels like. And to, you know, to, to read some of the scripts and some of these punchlines and a lot of things that, you know, I've added to it and things that he's added to my stuff. Uh, it's just a, it's a really great, a really great conversation and production. Uh, as well as as well as story structure and, and narrative and comedy. That uh, it's it's been a it's been a blast to 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 work with him on this and, and hopefully you know hopefully pull those things across.
0: Yeah, um, can you actually speak a little bit more about that collaboration? Uh, you, you mentioned like being able to input on each other's work. Do you guys do you guys do that a lot? Like, what is what is sort of your I guess uh, cadence for producing an issue and how does that sort of work out?
1: Yeah, well, it, uh, Jody worked. I mean, the story's the story's done. Uh, you know, everything is is outlined and plotted, and and we we kind of knew where everything was going. And once we once we got started, we we had a good two years before the first issue even started coming out to develop a lot of this, and just had a lot of conversations and time to really uh, find our way into the story and and pull out those points we know we wanted to accentuate. And as we started uh, working on production, I'm a firm believer, you know, obviously as, as, you know, teaching and everything else, practicing what I preach in terms of nothing is precious. So, you know, when it comes to, to blue lines and, and, you know, pencils and really just starting, you know, we, we go back and forth over stuff all the time. And I have, I have ideas and recommendations. I mean, we talk about time and timing and pacing and, you know, blocking and, really trying to to have the world build itself, there's so many nuances and so many things that you know some most readers may you know may may or may not pick up, but a lot of you know a lot of things that happen in, in our discussions and and back and forth that you know the story has evolved from its original incarnation, and the you know the original scripts are are you know much different than the ones that we're working on now. Uh, once, once we got started uh, from Jody's initial scripts and, and he's finalizing the, uh, you know, the rest of everything else as, as we're going because it, the amazing thing about this medium and, and this happens in, in quite a few mediums uh, and definitely in, in an illustration in singular images you know, once, once you really get started and you get in, you get in the, the head and essence and character and meaning of what you're trying to show and the story you're trying to tell through that showing uh, and experience of reading, you know, it, it kind of takes on a life and personality of its own, and the characters did the same thing. You know, we we could only get so far once we got started with with Nathan and, and Amanda Cross. And once once that relationship was built in character design and on the first, you know, in the first issue or two, you know, they really started, you know, everything really started speaking to us as we were doing it. And that, that really helped evolve, you know, evolve the story as it as it kind of naturally progressed and the, you know, the, the fun thing about working with Jody is that, you know, there you know, nothing is off the table. So going, going back and forth as, as blue lines are coming in and pages are getting finished and, you know, we're, we're kind of, kind of seeing, seeing the forest for the trees for how everything needs to connect, um, you know, in, in order to try and pull this story of, of humanity, uh, you know, hidden in a, uh, dark sci-fi action comedy, uh, you know, has been, has been a lot of fun to kind of go, uh, go back and forth on to, to kind of put those little subtleties and stuff in there. So, you know, Jody's Jody's writing and his comedy is, is fantastic. Uh, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully I end up doing it justice in the final pages and, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun to really kind of contribute to, to the shaping and molding of that as a, as a team, as opposed to, you know, he has his role and I have mine.
0: Uh, I, I love that about comics is, is how heavily collaborative it is. You know, how, how much of it you just have to sort of, um, to what you said, you know, no, no nothing in, in art is, is precious in, in that way when it comes to that collaboration, yeah. you know, it, cause, cause you're, you're both professionals, but you're also both artists in the sense that you're, you're trying to like elevate the work as much as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. So any feedback is, is positive feedback. Um, So that's awesome to hear that, you know, it's it's a similar working relationship and it's not so much as like, uh, you know, Jody writes the scripts, sends it over and you kind of just translate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, you know, there, there are homages, uh, uh, homages and nods to a ton of our influences throughout the book for anybody who's spotted them. A few of them have already been, uh, you know, people have already been noticing Um, So there's, there's obviously that stuff that goes into it, but ultimately the, you know, the one thing we, we agreed upon and that we definitely, you know, synced on was that the the story really needed to come first, you know, so I'm, I'm visually writing uh, as much as he's writing visually. So that, that, that play back and forth with that focus, you know, really allows us to not have to show everything, you know, there's, we, there's so much that we're not showing, but hopefully we're there's enough world logic and building in there to really kind of support it as, as the characters are leading the story forward. And,
0: and that world building for, uh, for sci-fi stuff, a lot of the time, it's sort of, you know, a lot of designs, a lot of, um, just ideas getting thrown out there. Was that, was that difficult at all to sort of build out this world? Um, it's various characters. You got, uh, Jaz and Jenner, Marshall, white light, you know, Garen, Pace and pickles, who I love. <laughs> um, uh cursed like what is sort of your process for building out these kinds of worlds and for building out these characters
1: yeah i mean it's uh it's kind of the kind of the same thing i mean we we get together and and kind of start rapping uh online live or you know in on the phone while i'm doing things and just shipping stuff back and forth uh and giving feedback uh you know him and in response and me and visuals uh and really you know really Letting it kind of cultivate itself, you know, back and forth. So there's a there's a lot of things about about those characters and a lot of the the creatures and uh you know beings and the and the mist and the the biophage and and everything that that really has kind of come out of stop talking, doing. You know, we're we're not going to overthink this. We're literally going to start making it. And what what does it look like as we make it and as they come to life? You know, can we see that voice come out of those characters? You know, it, Are those vehicles tangible and believable in this future world, but also feel run down and everyday? You know, I mean, there's there's so many so many aspects of sci-fi that we knew we didn't want to be in here. You know, we didn't want to go after Blade Runner or Metal Hurlant or Mobius or you know any of that. But there's a there's a ton of that influence in there. You know, so um, you know, let alone you know RoboCop and. And, uh, you know, Gachaman and, uh, you know, Robotech and, and, you know, back in the day, Transformers. Uh, you know, so there's there's tons of, there's tons of things that, that we knew we wanted to have aspects of, but we didn't want to go overboard. Uh, and we, we didn't want to create something that the, where the world would get out of control and it wouldn't be about the characters and their story, their choices and the consequences of those choices we we knew and and wanted to have that we knew we wanted to have that humanity really kind of come through and in order to do that they need to have center stage and we need to be able to identify them identify with them so even you know even initially in the the first few cities uh in architectural design and theme you know i'm i'm pulling from brutalist stuff you know one day to uh, for one city and then futuristic um uh, you know Saucer designs for another, um, you know, merged with like, you know, the center of Tokyo. I mean, it, you know, there's, it, it all comes into play in order to serve whatever the, whatever the scene and and the kind of the, the beat of that, uh, that scene or that purpose or that, that motivation might be for whatever has to happen, you know, basically when we're shooting it, when, when that story needs to exist, uh, you know, on page. And it was really cool to see the world and the story and those characters start to come to life in story, but there's no way to do it without, you know, same thing, you know, no more talk, just do, you know, no more meetings, you know, like let's, let's have a live meeting and just start, I'll draw, you talk, you know, we'll, we'll go back and forth and just start making this stuff. And, uh, you know, cross, cross came super quick. We both knew exactly what we wanted. Uh, you know, described her over the phone really quick as I was drawing and, you know, we were just kind of going back and forth and boom. And then, but Nathan, Nathan took a long time um, we needed to get the right idiot uh, and, <laughs> and that that idiot took a while uh, and even too like you, you can look at my initial character designs which are are in are in the trades and you know they they don't they don't look like the actual people that are in the book necessarily yeah. and they, they have mm-hmm. traits right but it's you know it's it's kind of like it, it 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 is what it is until those characters are in story they never really They never really come to the surface until they're acting until, until they're real. And the story is starting to come through them. Uh, and I, I, I wholeheartedly, you know, think those, those first two years of production, you know, led to that. So the first issue felt like they were already there, uh, because we, we had lived with them for so long and they, they had started to kind of come to life for us.
0: And, and that I think is the hardest part, uh, like being able to ensure that not only the world, the world but the characters feel like they're alive and have lived lives, right? Because um, you, you, can, you can slap anybody onto a, a planet and be like, you know, this is my sci-fi comic, right? But, but until you can sort of actually propel them, give them those desires, mm-hmm. they're not a character.
1: Well, that's, and that's, that's the world logic, but everything, it, literally everything within that design framework and structure comes back to the characters. If it doesn't serve their purpose, chances are you don't need it. And that, that's a really hard thing about, or the, the difficult thing when I, when I was doing work for higher work, um, you know, for, for image or, or sorry, for, uh, for DC or Marvel, um, you know, was that you were, you were picking up where somebody left off and there's only so much you can really bring to it. Uh, I, did, I did get to work on a couple of properties where, where it started to feel like those characters were coming to life, but I was only in there for so long. Um, you know, but but those that was a great education and some some great learning that led up to this. You know, it, it after doing this it it or starting this and being in it. You know, it it's kind of it's kind of amazing to see, or at least, at least at least looking back on a lot of the stuff that I was kind of doing while I was kind of getting paid to play to learn comics because I I never really did it until I actually started doing it. Um, oddly enough, I kind of came to comics sideways. I mean, my, my first job was a Batman black and white. Uh, and really, I, yeah. Uh, oh, wow. It's in volume two or three. Uh, and, uh, I think it's called sidekick. Uh, and the, the writer was really great to work with. I, 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 please forgive me. I, I forget his name, but, um, it was a fun, it was a really fun story. Um, but it, it was Batman. I was I was nervous as hell. I mean, that's a huge weight, uh, and I also made Batman chubby. I made him a normal a normal rich super guy, and uh, you know, and it was it. If you want to talk about controlling chaos, that those eight pages are a mess, burning. Brown bag full of hot mess, uh, and I was trying to control chaos. The you know my nervousness and and the weight of taking on that character for the first thing I ever did, and then also too like I I fell in love with inking in a brush, and I'm I'm super heavy-handed, so controlling chaos literally was part of part of the job, because I'm I'm so heavy-handed that it, it I'm just slinging ink all over the place with the, without really knowing. What story is necessarily at that point in time, so it's you know they're they're just they're just they're just a mess it was very it was
0: very much like a uh like a like a point and draw kind of thing, right?
1: yeah, yeah, and it and I just you know i'm i'm just I'm cutting my teeth and you know it was it was really funny like i the whole that entire thing got done and uh and turned it in um it actually got put on pause because i I ended up doing a a Harley Quinn issue. Uh, that actually, uh, Huddleston was, it was his series and I was a fill-in artist. Uh, and then I, and then I went back to, and that's a mess too. Uh, but I, I went back to the, the Batman black and white. I finished it and turned it in. And I still, I still remember Bob Shrek, like laughing his ass off, uh, and saying, man, this is hilarious. You will never get to draw Batman ever again. No, and I well, he meant it. He meant it sarcastically. But, oh, I was gonna say, okay. But there's there's truth in jest. Like I I drew sure. Batman. Like he has a pop belly, and he does crazy stupid things. Uh, you know, it, it it was you know, and I've never drawn Batman since. Um, so you know, it's it was just it was just kind of funny. But there's there's little points like that. Uh, and same thing with fluorescent black and pigeons from hell. I mean, those were. I didn't own those properties, but I created those characters. Uh, and there's so much. I'm. Uh, you can see that I'm trying to force it. You can. You can see that the acting isn't there just yet. You know. Every now and then, it really starts to come through. But I'm. I'm learning. And and there's a ton of new discovery that's happening. On, literally on every panel and every page and in every. You know, oversized ink page that I'm. I'm doing because I. I have to work so big, uh, being so heavy-handed with a brush, and uh, you know, it's. It, it's just a, It's just. It just turned into a love for that discovery of, you know, and actually realizing, you know, all I wanted to do was tell stories and and do it through character, uh, and I, I had no idea that's what I was getting myself into, uh, you know, and and here we are, twenty years later, and it, and it really feels like I I finally have something to say. Do you expect yourself to to go
0: back to a Marvel or DC, and 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 if so, who, who would you jump on?
1: Uh, I I don't I don't know I. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, you know, they, they say, never say never. Um, you know, and, and there are, there are writers out there that when I was doing work for hire, I, I would have killed to work with. And I, I still would love to work with them, you know, friends and, and, and peers alike. Um, you know, so I, uh, you know, maybe some someday that, that I'm sure that would be fun. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to stop that, you know, that habit. You know that 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 addiction and how fun comics are, but at the same time, you know, I'm I'm really anxious to to get back behind a camera and get back to those skills. I really want to go back to animation. Um, you know, there's there's so many things out there that I'm really interested in doing. I loved creative direction, uh, and then character character development and, and story development for for some animation stuff. Um, you know, so there's there's tons of things out there to do. Um, it was a blast working with Joe Casey on the dark rain stuff. If, if that, if that jackass ever comes back, I would totally jump back on for, for shits and giggles. He's, he's a, he's a, he was an amazing maniac to create. That was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and then there's other, you know, collaborators that I would kill to work with. So, you know, maybe at, at some point, you know, I, I have no idea what's next. You know, I'm really interested in, in getting into, uh, you know, getting back into more traditional, um, you know, mainstream publishing stuff you know, working in YA and, and kids books again would be fantastic. So I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Hey, you have the drive
0: for it. And, and, and like, that's, that's necessary at like the very bottom level uh, to, to at least be able to build up. So yeah. I'm, and, and actually the, the YA stuff. So I, I didn't get a chance to read Dogs of War, but I uh, did read, uh, did read a couple interviews, listened to a podcast that you and uh, uh, Sheila Keenan, the uh, the author on. And mm. um I, I had a quick question on it. Do you, th- um, well, obviously you said you, you want to return. Would you would you want to return it because it's sort of uh, like from a creative perspective, it was a little bit more, was it a little freer to sort of be able to play around with stuff? I, I assume that the, um, oh, and I shouldn't assume, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, that, that was my mistake. <laughs> um but but I assume that uh it it allows for a little bit more um just like creative freedom
1: uh but i guess i guess the one one aside from being frustrated with work for hire stuff right and and like the the thing you love not not being able to make a living at it uh is is really frustrating uh and then and then see it you know see it go on to success but then you know you're done and it's not there anymore you know that that's the thing that's always frustrating about freelance. You know, if you if you really start to get attached to you know properties where things or or a medium, you know, and profession that kind of becomes precious to you because it, it feels like it's where you should be at that point in time. Um, but it, but be beyond that, I you know, I'm not so sure it's it's that those things are bad or work for hire is bad by by any stretch of the imagination. It's not. Uh, it's just that. Um, it it never really felt like I was contributing something beyond what I could offer. So there was a limit, right. And, and working on dogs of war, that was probably the first time that I actually got to contribute, uh, you know, to a story beyond just being the artist. You know, there was a, a ton of research, especially being uh, historical fiction and really, you know, especially growing up with dogs and and growing up around uh you know friends and family that had been in the military and and you know really really loving a a ton of world war ii films and uh you know all, all of that stuff you know i i felt like i had a connection and and that's the thing that i started to started to discover uh is that It wasn't so much that I was interested in doing something new every time, which is kind of where my career started. I guess I think it's, you know, kind of where a lot of editorial illustrators start out as where it's, you know, hopping from job to job, subject to subject. It is insanely fun to research all these crazy things and just go from one to the next. And you're always learning something new. You're always thinking of new concepts, new visuals, and really kind of developing and, and flexing those muscles. But then once you once you start to connect and you start to realize like, oh, wait a minute, maybe I'm not the right person for this. You know, maybe what I had to say is different than what they're really asking for. You know, they they really want art. They don't really want content or voice necessarily. Um, you know, and, and, that, and it's not an egotistical thing. It's just kind of understanding uh, strengths, limits, and weaknesses. And also too, you know, you only have you only have so much time to screw this up, you know. And as long as you stay alive, you know, it, that's great. So why not? You know, once once you get to a certain place, you know, the, the power of no comes into play, and the the opportunity, and, and also too like the realization that there are certain things that you're really engaged with that really energize you. And I, I think I think there is a lot more that I I am in sync with. Uh, when, it, when it comes to stories that are are probably not um, you know not within standard work for hire stuff you know that that i'm i'm really engaged in, but then every now and then you know i 'll read a superhero story and i 'm like oh my god like that that was a real story you know that the, that that team it was a good thing somebody put that team together because they they were in sync you know and that story actually had something to say. You know, like that, those moments happen, right? So I, I think it's more about, is I think it's more, or I think it's closer to me identifying that that aspect of story and that level of of connectivity. That those are the projects and the things that I'm interested in collaborating on, or you know, creating or writing, uh, or or visualizing with a team. You know, more so more so than I am, you know. Get, you know, give me anything cool. I totally want to work on it. Uh, you know, and, and that, may, that may mean I'll, you know, if, if I'm ever offered anything, you know, that I'll, I'll miss it. You know, which, which has, has totally happened in the past. But the people who end up doing it were perfect for that. You know, and, and there were things that I have been offered that have gone on to great success. Um, but I don't, I don't feel bad about it because I wasn't the person to do that you know, the, the person who ended up doing that or taking that job or working on that project was, was perfect for it, you know, and, and the thing that came out of there really made it shine, uh, or not, you know, and, and that, that could tell you something else about the project. Um, you know, so the, I think it's more about starting to understand that about my professional practice and what I have to say and contribute, um, you know, especially being in my mid-40s. Uh, you know, that, that there, there are so many things now with that experience and that life and being a, you know, being a dad, uh, and a husband and, you know, a son and, you know, inevitably, you know, and, an older, more balding man, you know, that, that will, you know, lead to other things. So those, you know, that kind of interest and stuff is, is, uh, is probably where, where I'm headed and, and, you know, heavier challenges, I think that I'm, I'm really interested in.
0: Yeah. Uh. I think a lot of that um, you know, we've had creators on who've, who've said some of the things um, in terms of being able to express themselves, but also being able to see that expression in the very work that they produce. Um, I think a lot of times it comes down to like a, a sort of reflection, right? It, yeah. you, 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 you look inside to see what it is that you need to bring out.
1: There's nothing more uh,
0: more revealing
1: or or personally damaging than to to turn around and see the thing that you created you were lying mm, right? mm. like there, there's there's good lying right like uh which are my favorite which is i i which is why i was very i am very proud that i was a huge bob ross addict i <laughs> my, my my tree any trees i do are happy trees they are random marks and your brain is telling you that it's a tree you know, there's, there's so many things about visual, visual tomfoolery and, um, you know, who we are as storytelling communication animals that you can play with That that is, is great. But then, you know, when you're working on a story and you realize that you're, you, you have just made this thing and it, and it really isn't true, it's not who you are, or you're saying something you don't believe in, uh, which I have done and been called out for. Uh, and been critiqued on, which has been great. Those are some of the the those are the things that I ask for. The things that I, I don't want to continue to do. And and throughout my career, especially when I was young, you know, having that being pointed out uh, was a, a massive education. So success through failure for me uh, has been a great teacher. Much like you know, much like Yoda says, you know, failure is a great teacher
0: and uh i mean words to live by i i definitely agree with that i mean it man i have failed so many times but but as long as you get that lesson you know it 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 just improves you and and that's always a positive
1: yeah right? i never wanted to be stuck in in one place or do anything in one particular style you know because I, I didn't i didn't want i didn't want to have to have to deal with that but you have to earn it
0: and, and even then, like as you find interests, as you, you know, as you continue to grow, as you continue to just work in the career, you things inf- get infused in your art, your writing, your whatever it is, and and incorporating it from a learned place, I think ha- provides more valuable provides more value than just incorporating it because it's cool. Yeah,
1: and uh, and also too, like seeing going back to influences and and seeing. Choices that were made in a new light, with time, experience, and mistakes under your belt, it's no—you know—it's—it's it's almost like looking back at at Kniff pages that I—I—I I, I have no doubt I copied compositions from. You know, I don't understand how he did that. You know, I should use it, and not knowing why those choices were made, and then going back and 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 reading, you know, Terry and the Pirates again, or specific panels or whatever, and you're like, oh my god. I, I totally know why that decision was made to pull this off that pays off there. You know, it's like, I, I see it now without thinking about it. Uh, and I, I don't know right. a way to do that without, without making the mistakes and making the work, you know, same thing, you know, you can't overthink it or overwork it. You just got to do it and be honest with it and, and earn it. And that's, you know, that's, that's been some of the greatest lessons I've ever had. Uh, especially like the same thing, you know, pigeons from hell and fluorescent black, um, you know, and then, and that Batman and white, uh, you know, we're, we're some hot messes that, that were just f- fabulous for me.
0: One thing, one of my, um, one of my guitar teachers used to tell me is the, the three eyes. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but it's, um, uh, it's imitate ingest and then innovate. So you you take in those influences, you imitate as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Then you start to actually understand them, yeah. and then from there, like because you have that understanding, you can see why the, those decisions were made, and you can see where to go even from there.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm totally gonna steal it now. Thank you
0: <laughs> um, for uh, so. I do want to touch on your work over at SVA, um, and something you you've been you've been saying even throughout this this interview has been uh, visual writing. Can you? Can you define that for me in your words?
1: Uh, well, ironically enough, I think it goes back to the three I's you were talking about. And it's about getting to the, getting to that place of innovation, um, to where you're, you understand that language to a certain point where those, those choices you make are, are based upon what the, what the story, the message, the, you know, the beat, the scene, or the character is really calling for. Uh, And that in in terms of visual writing, especially for the, for the MFA program, that's, that's really the, the medium that we're, we're in. That's, that's what the point of the program. It's not, it's not a comics program. It's not an illustration program. It's not a film program. It's not an animation or, or VR gaming graphic design program. It's, it is a visual storytelling program at its core that uh, is about what happens when creative writing and visual development become one language and they, they kind of activate that third rail that makes the train go you got the tracks you got the train but you need the juice and and that's really that's really what makes story story is when those who are creating it can see the forest for the trees they understand um, enough of the language uh, and and visual acuity and story structure to make that thing go to where they don't write themselves into a corner they simply outline the possibilities of where it can go and then allow the story the characters and the the purpose of that story the point of of what's being said or the questions that they're asking lead them ultimately to to see where where that story is going to go and how it ends Um, you know and and for all the nuances even in reflection of the uh, for all the things coming down the pike that any fans are waiting to see, you know we we have gone over this thing and it it is it is in process and rewriting itself as we're doing it because that's where it's taking us, and the and the payoff is gonna is gonna be fun as as hell and probably one of the hardest most challenging stories and a shit ton of fun that I think I have ever had on a project because it's actually is actually a real story. And, uh, and there, there's so many things coming. I, I, oh my God, I wish I could share this with somebody. It's just me and Jody. We're, <laughs> we're, like, we're like hermits going back and forth. I we we can't, we're, we're in this cave or under this bridge as trolls and no, no, nobody else can hear this until, until they're there.
0: Yeah, no, no little uh, no, no little nuggets you can share.
1: No, no. Okay, All right. no, okay. No little nuggets. I, I'm at a point right now where like anything anything I say or show at this point that isn't just vague uh, is is going to make somebody upset and totally let things loose. Uh, and the, that yeah, that last volume is going to be a beast. Uh, it's 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 going to be fun. Um, but in, anyway, on the on the visual writing thing, it it really. That's that's really what it's about, right? is and that's what the the MFA program is about. Uh, and a lot of it is when I started the program, it was based off of the sheer fact that a lot of a lot of us kind of had to discover this stuff on our own or be naturally born at it, right? or or pursue it and just start, kind of put your own puzzle pieces together. Um, so when I had the opportunity to pitch a storytelling program, I didn't want to launch another. Uh, illustration or comics program to, to compete with that, because that really wasn't my interest and never has been, right? It's, it's, it's always been about story craft. And there's so many multidisciplinary uh, and uh, multimedia and interdisciplinary influences that I've had, and then talking to peers and eventually those peers who became faculty uh, and, and inevitably students, you know, that's the, we're, what do you do with that stuff? How do, you, how do you turn that into media content and an actionable, um, you know, uh, actionable influence to, to really help guide something that's new? What about, that? or what about original content creation and how can you understand what the other person is saying if you don't understand how, uh, you know, if you're a visual artist, how a, a writer thinks or why they're making the choices that they're making? And vice versa, how do, how do writers communicate with visual artists or, or evolve to do both if they if they don't understand how that visual communication functions? Uh, and, and ultimately, it kind of came down to that design of, um, you know, well, why hasn't anybody put this stuff together yet? You know, like that, that's what we're doing anyway. You know, it's, it's not such a narrow focus. And, a, and an MFA is a, a perfect time to spend time on doing nothing but focusing on that craft. Electively, you know, with like-minded people who aren't, aren't after or pursuing the same singular uh, path, you know, it, it's the conversations we have and the and the natural competition and and uh, drive that the that we have in the program isn't about who's going to be the best illustrator, uh, who's doing the best film, um, you know, who's going to get the next funding for that project, you know, uh, who's competing to. Um, you know, get that job or, you know, freelance full time or, you know, do all of these things that are, are within that realm or develop just a visual portfolio to try and sell to somebody else or sell yourself uh, or showcase yourself or prove yourself. It's really about creating the content that's going to draw the audience in uh, and to develop those skills that, that take your work beyond uh, where it might be currently at uh, as a writer or a visual artist or a combination thereof, uh, because you, you have the time to really figure out how you put story first, because the way that I do this is going to, is totally different than the way Jody does, Uh, you know, or, or anybody else you've had on the show or even you, right. You know, like, uh, as an example, you know, when we read novels, right. Like my, my reading of of you know the man who fell to earth, the visuals I'm coming up with and the nuances that I'm painting this picture in my imagination with is mine. Right. And that's right. how I perceive it. And and you know, same thing when we create content. You know, we we don't we come up with similar ideas a lot of the times. I mean it's 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 natural and inherent. But if we if we can kind of hone in on the way that we perceive things and, and how we naturally respond to them, they're connected to everything that's happened to us throughout our lives. You know, that's the reason why I can't, I can't, I struggle to draw like strong, strong, beefy, stylistic, big muscle, you know, uh, you know, stylized people is because I am not one of those people. That is not who I am.
0: I feel like Garen was pretty cool. I feel like you nailed him.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, there's, there's more. <laughs> but, you know, like those, 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 those characters, right? Like the, you know, really understanding where you come from and, and, and capitalizing on it and and understanding those limitations, but using them um, not so much as limitations, but opportunity. Right. Mm. So, you know, once there's, there's always opportunity when you come up against failure uh, or, or something, you know, something doesn't go right. You know, creative problem solving is one thing, but figuring out how, how to, how to work within limitation and find your voice, um, you know, with, uh, with where you come from, uh, who you are and what you have to say, uh, is exceedingly powerful and empowering. And those, those are the kind of stories and, and the kinds of content that we're, we're, we're really starting to see, especially in, in streaming entertainment, uh, and a lot of new content films, uh, and, and most definitely novels, uh, and cartoon series, uh, that are, that are starting to come out, uh, even too, in VR experiences and games. Uh, So there's, there's, there's so much, so much that has been done under the sun, but there's so much that hasn't been done the way that, that you would have done it. Right. And it's really, it's really about taking the chance and opportunity as both a writer and creator visually of your content uh, that affords you the opportunity to, um, you know, fall with style uh, to find success through failure. Uh, to to make those discoveries and kind of, you know, see how a phoenix gets created. Because u- ultimately, the one thing that an audience cares about is the story, right? And, and those communications and those things that we empathize and identify with can can, you know, it's amazing to hear from creators, and we all know them, that when you hear them speak, everything makes sense because it's so inspiring. It's, it's because those things have become innate, um, you know, and, and the way that they tell and show and create those stories is, is them, it's part of them. It's, it's how they see the world. It's how the world is, is brought to them and how they share it. Uh, and, and, and audience and putting yourself in the audience shoes and understanding how that language communicates is what visual writing really is. Huh? Wow. Uh, it's it's sort of like
0: to to remove the the medium and sort of bring it to this like abstract level of just what is visual representation and how do you present how do you envelop a story in its representation sort of it i'm i'm trying to like kind of condense it in my words to process it but like yeah. sort of along those lines
1: yeah and it's 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 knowing what not to show and what 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 the story is only calling for Right, and and knowing when to you know when to add and when to take away, and and how much do you how much do you really need to to tell a story, um, you know anybody who who is who has seen a David Mamet play uh, or a film, you know there's or read any of his books, I mean there's he boils it down to the bare bones, uh, you know Clingery Glenn, Glenn Ross is is amazing in that way and in the way it functions. Um, you know, and uh, uh, Breaking Bad did the same thing. The economy of everything in in that is 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 mind blowing.
0: Uh, I have one last question before we let you go. Um, for For people who join the course, um, are there any sort of words of wisdom that you would uh, give them in terms of like coming in, uh, and then what is sort of well, you know, we, we, we touched upon the, the visual writing, but like, is there something that outside of those that you want people to take away from the course?
1: Um, yeah, well, uh, well, first off, applications are open uh, <laughs> for summer 2020. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this, if, if you are interested in, in creating that content and figuring out where your voice is coming from. Uh, and you're interested in, in getting in the weeds and getting in the mud and digging deep and, and doing the work to develop your voice as both an author and artist, um, whether you do either or both uh, in the future professionally, but just to understand that language of what you are capable of and what your work is capable of, rather than just focusing on a visual portfolio style program or just a writing program, um, you know, this, this may be the, the type of, of MFA that, that students or potential students are looking for. Uh, it, is, it is nothing but fun and play and experimentation to talk, work, and experiment with the medium of story. Uh, and uh, a large part of what we do is about figuring out and finding out what your story is really about, what your stories are really about. Um, you know, where you're coming from and how you apply it and how can others identify and connect with it. Uh, it is about spending time exploring all of that and figuring out what is the best way to tell that story, the best medium, um, you know, identifying and understanding your audience so that you can, you know, capitalize on that, uh, developing a professional practice and and career outlook that allows you to, to work within those means and make those connections. Uh, and then also, you know, joining and expanding your community um you know through the through the hard work and and perseverance that you're interested in doing doing. you know whether it's whether it's within a singular medium medium you know such as comics and that's all you're interested in but you're looking to elevate it or you know like a, a a great amount of our students who come in you know as working within one profession or medium and then graduate uh, and launching a career that then expands into multimedia, uh, and they're they're able to work within uh, a broad range uh, of as of aspects uh, and professions because they they have that vocabulary, experience and and insight into what they have to offer and what they have to say.
0: Very cool. Uh, so for anyone listening and for anyone who's is interested, uh, it seems like very very valuable not only from an artistic perspective but just like. Uh, a business perspective, networking, like being being able to just elevate yourself and your art. Um, so Nathan, thank you so much for joining. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Before you head out, do you mind just, you know, any plugs? Uh, I know that the the uh, fifth issue of the second volume, uh, so because you, you're sort of doing The Weatherman and Seasons, mm-hmm. uh, it comes out on the 20th. So for you listeners, that'll be a week from when this episode comes out. Uh but yeah, any other plugs, anything you might be working on or anything else?
1: Um not much that I can talk about right now, but uh in terms of in terms of the Weatherman, uh if you if you if you are reading it, uh hold on to your hold on to your hats. Uh find a find a comfy seat
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh and don't eat those extra chicken wings. ultimately when the third volume drops in 2020 uh i i hope all of you are ready for the insanity that jody uh and i have created awesome
0: i'm i know i'm hungry for it that last uh what was it that cliffhanger uh in issue four uh you guys are going someplace that i did not expect (laughs) so i'm i mean honestly i saw that i saw that page that i think was like a, a, a a splash and i was just like Huh. Okay. All right. I don't know what you guys are laying down, but I'm here for it.
1: Yeah. Things, things get, uh, things get a little, a little large and crazy in issue five and issue six is only going to pay that off. Uh, and then leave, leave everybody asking a ton (laughs) of questions and, and wanting more. So, uh, many, many thanks to all those people out there who've supported this uh this has been a a dream project uh and uh really really looking forward to uh uh you know to making making this story what it should be
0: yeah and and as always excited to see more uh nathan again thank you so much um and for you listeners out there you know where to find us uh won't go through that again but if you guys want to connect with me uh any Questions you have on this or any other episode, uh, I'm at Mr. Marco Animoto on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and follow the comic spells. Thank you guys, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks so much, Marco.